what is up welcome to the sight and sound podcast presented by heart guide media we got the boys here today eric and sean myself and uh yeah the year 2022 in review going through it uh we got our top albums we got our top movies we're doing top fives because the tens. I don't know if I could put together a top ten movie list. I had a hard time putting together a top five. Yeah, I think if we did a top ten, I would just have to put movies in that I saw that I liked. But I didn't. Well, you know what I mean? Like I, I, I tried to write down a lot of movies that I saw, and I definitely saw like probably thirty new movies, and it was hard putting a top five together because honestly, most of the movies I saw this year were forgettable and even the ones that i thought were good they're nothing that i would revisit and nothing i felt comfortable putting on a top five for the most part right no i agree when i was doing my list i'm like oh shit i forgot this movie came out this year yeah it was it was uh it was difficult but i got it i feel i feel pretty confident more or less the albums were that was easy that was super easy but um but yeah it was a pretty wild year uh I feel like this was a down. It felt like a down year for movies. I feel like there's a lot that came out, but a lot of it wasn't noteworthy. Uh, and I feel like. I don't know, the this is the first full year, I think, back from the pandemic where more people were going into theaters They were back in theaters. There was less stuff that was streaming exclusive. Most of it was like I do think it's sped up how fast something gets to streaming now. Yeah, because because now they're like, oh, well, fucking, you know, after after it's out of theaters, it's pretty much going to be available to stream somewhere. If not rent, uh, you know, all that shit is like almost immediately you're able to uh, purchase it on demand in some capacity. But there's a lot of movies that either simultaneously get put out streaming and in theater. There's stuff that's exclusive to theaters and then is later put on streaming. But I feel like the pandemic may have fast tracked that and talking to Max uh about movie stuff and out there i don't know he says that he never has an issue in movie theaters i have an issue in a movie theater is someone talking or being obnoxious in some shape form or fashion every single time i don't know if it's an upstate new york thing uh, I was gonna just, say, like, where, where does max live he lives in socal he lives uh, outside of los angeles that's right outside uh, one of the suburbs outside of los angeles so i don't know like his theory was maybe they respect the the art craft the the craft of filmmaking and expect ex, respect the theater experience uh i i don't know it do, definitely does seem like there's a lot of people that have no reason to be in a theater that go see these movies and fucking like and i understand bringing your child to go see avatar but this one guy got up with his child who was probably i don't know 11 12 13 four or five different times to sit in a three and a three, a three hour and 10 minute movie. And then ended up leaving like with another, like a, still an hour and a half left. Like why even go? Like why, why, why even go? Why? Yeah, exactly. So you can walk in front of me six fucking times. Probably I'd people, answer, probably people answering fucking phones, people fucking, just talking, laughing, teehee, ha ha, bring your fucking kids. I, it's a fucking, I told Sean, like, that's fucking laziness is a pandemic uh, going on right now, but the real pandemic 
It's what's going on in these upstate New York movie theaters. That's the real pandemic. I mean, I don't think it's just upstate New York, I'm sure. But yeah, I mean, I just think it's a. But I, every time I go to the movies, I have a story for you guys. And Sean, whenever we go to the movies, there's usually someone when we go together, like we have a story almost always. Oh, it's true. Jesse and I is fucking cursed when we go to movies together. Every time. You know, I mean, we, yeah, there is a lot of entitled people everywhere, but definitely, you know, I think in, in that area, being from that area, yeah, I think there's maybe I, a I little bit more. Though, fucking Glenwood, never have a problem. No, no. Uh, you know, I, I did go see Violent Night, and I don't think that there was much going on with that one. I saw the menu, but we went on like weird. I mean, that we went early as fuck to go see Violent Night. We went at like 11 o'clock on a Saturday, which is early most of the time you're not going to get the fucking miscredence fucking out there fucking just acting like it's rock and roll fucking high school in this fucking theater <laughs> um and also like we went and saw like the menu on like a fucking i don't even know like on a fucking like wednesday at like fucking seven o'clock you know you're not really gonna get like a lot of that but like if you go like on, if you go opening night and i noticed it is with horror movies you go on an opening night you're fucking begging for bullshit you're begging for bullshit yeah, I think a lot of people view the movie-going experience in a lot of different ways, too. Like, I, 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 I sadly think there's a lot of people who don't show it the respect. You know what I mean? Like, we, we want to go, we want to watch, we want to pay attention, we want to have fun. But then there's other people that go just kind of, like you said, just fuck around and not pay yeah. attention. And, like, fuck. listen, I know what it's like. And that's the thing, though. I would love to tell you that it was all teenage kids. It's not. Most of the time, it's not. And I would understand if I was going to see Jackass Forever, which I did this year, and I went there and like, and if I went, which I didn't, I, I didn't go on opening night or anything like that. I could understand. I remember going to see the Jackass Jackass Two when it came out, and we were all in high school. And we were all acting like fucking idiots, and everyone was teehee and ha ha, because that's the kind of movie you can kind of be a fucking idiot at a little bit because everyone's fucking a little being a little stupid with it, and it's just you know you're watching one big episode of Jackass. But if I'm spending fucking sixteen dollars to go see a three hour movie. The last thing I want to hear is someone cackling at something that ain't funny. Someone answering right. their phone. You go to movie movie right. tavern might be the 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 bowels of cinema. I would agree. I would agree. It's terrible because yeah. that's another one where the people's priorities are the the, the movie's not their top priority. You know no, I mean? the movie's yeah. the last thing that's going on. Fuck, BT loves movie tavern because they got a little <laughs> bit more comfortable of seat. I fucking hate the movie tavern. It's worse. It's Knocks the out worst. those chicken, those chicken fingers. Yeah, exactly. We also wind up going back to uh, you know, movies forgot that came out this year. I fucking forgot Jackass Four came out this year. It didn't. Doesn't it seem like forever ago? It seems yeah. forever ago. Uh, I saw I, that. Shit. I did that. Uh, I did the same thing going. Um, you know, going through trying to f- figure out my albums, like that Ghost record, which w- which we'll get to. I'm sure that Ghost record. I was just like, this felt like it came out like a year and a half ago. Like I didn't think it came out yeah. fucking in, in February, but it did. Um, well, yeah, I'm so I'm so bad with dates too. Like I stuff I thought came out this year didn't, and stuff that you know what I mean. Yeah, so I I just think it's like the world we're in too with like, well, we're coming out of the you know pandemic type of thing, but everything still feels like a blur a little bit. You know what I mean? Oh well, yeah, definitely without a doubt. Um. Well, uh, I mean, there, 
there was a lot, I guess, that uh, happened. A lot came out this year. Uh, some notable, some not. Uh, where do you guys think, before we dive into the albums, where do you think the state of horror lies after this year? Now, obviously, this year with the success of Scream 5, which was just called Scream, but now are they call- they're calling, now they are calling Scream 6, a sequel to Scream 5, which was just called Scream. Now they are calling that Scream 6? Are they calling it something else? It looks, I mean, from the poster, it looks like it's Scream 6, but... But you're not going to call Scream 5 Scream 5. You're just going to call Scream 5 Scream. Yeah, I don't understand the logic behind it, but yeah. I mean, yeah. You're not, and you're not going to have the fucking the lead that's been the lead in every single movie back because you don't want to pay her. That's an interesting. And you know what? I've I've wrestled with how I feel about that and like what it's going to do. And uh, I'll go see it because I want to su- I want to support horror in theaters. Um. I'm not really all that interested in it. I'll probably go so I can go with some friends and watch it and just say I went and saw a screen, the screen movie. Uh, I do think it's we're teetering on the brink of desecrating the history of scream with taking Nev Campbell out purposely not paying a woman just because you didn't want to. Um, and it sounds like it's one producer who that is, who the fuck knows. But uh, and now we're now we're two films removed from Wes. Uh, I do feel like a, a little bit of a, a sleazy dipshit going to see and give them money. Uh, part of me feels like I should just steal it somehow. Is this the final installment? No, they're going to keep fucking making them. And then they're going to have some stupid fucking another spinoff fucking MTV show. I'm sure. Um, who knows? Uh, but it, from it sounds like it, it didn't sound like they were going to make any a six, but five did so well. And that's all these studios care about is money, except when it comes to paying the actress that's held the entire franchise to fucking gather. Um, then, you know, then you got to hold back on that money. But that's what these studios like and they like doing that. They like being able to spend a little bit of money and get a great return and then drop their pants down fucking as much as they possibly can expand their sphincter around the fucking community of horror and just drop a loose shit on top of it and then fucking wipe it, throw the toilet paper on top and fucking let it fester there until they have to come around again. And then they can do the same thing. But that's all the, that's all the movie studios do and all like Jason Blum, like someone so I, there was some fucking dickless wonder on fucking Twitter that fucking responded to fucking Jason Blum saying something regarding uh, regarding horror movies and stuff. And they called him the the king of horror. And that made me fucking chuckle my fat titties off. I fucking. They're saying that the guy who owns Blumhouse is the king of horror. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, like you're a fucking a rich, entitled, white, dumb idiot piece of shit who fucking pray is a studio fucking there there isn't one movie studio that's as big as Blumhouse is that cares about the genre you can tell me all day that they do they care about the money that it generates you can see yeah you guess what you you can make it seem like you care a lot because you care about the money so the money ends up getting intertwined with the content you're like of course i care about the content it's making me money they'll never say that though it's always the passion they're really confused like now i'm trying to think of like what movie from blumhouse actually fucking like sticks out like i know they did the halloween 
But I mean, that's the thing. Like that was already they got in on that because it was so established already. And it is in part with Universal. Like if it was all in the hands of Blumhouse, I I mean, in and in, in, uh, Malik Akkad didn't have. Uh, or not Mal, Yeah, Malik um, or not Malik. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mustafa was the father. That's right. Uh, yeah. If Malik didn't have like. Malik owns that IP, if I'm not mistaken. He owns he owns the Halloween IP. So he they're not gonna you can't fuck with it too much. So I don't think Blumhouse deserves any credit for anything good that happened with that Hall the new Halloween trilogy. I don't think they deserve a lick of credit besides fucking making Jamie Lee's fucking ego more inflated than it is by making her executive fucking producer. Um but that aside, I I do think it's funny that they're still riding the wave of these. We're still riding the wave of shit Wes and John Carpenter created all these years later. Yeah, horror, like what's that say? You know what that tells me? That the very the few ideas that we do have that are original for horror, uh, they're mediocre. Like, I'm sorry, like I, every horror movie that came out this year was pretty mediocre, minus a few. Like what the cool kids are saying these days, it's pretty mid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is. It's very <laughs> mediocre, mid, whatever you want to call it, for sure. Um, but with I that just, said, just a, I just want to, I just want to add one thing to that. Is is like, I think you're so right, and I think it's because like, uh, it's almost like when you get original ideas, like a lot of studios don't want to throw any sort of money in it, so they got to ride like the the name of these older properties like you know what i mean like the yep. halloween and the scream or whatever and it yeah i think you're 100 percent right it's sad there are some good horror movies obviously that came out but yeah a majority of of them weren't the greatest and i think the majority of them that get any sort of marketing like you know bigger marketing i should say is because it's it's you know riding a, a sequel from something previous yeah. I'm not saying that's always a bad thing, I guess. I mean, I didn't hate. I mean, we're going to get into our list, but, but yeah, so it's definitely unfortunate, but, but yeah. And, and you're right. Studios are all about, it's a business, right? Like, just like um, equated to like manufacturing or something. Like, we want to make more money and pay yeah. less money. So, and that, that's fine. Like, be, I want these executives, like someone like Jason Blum, to come out and be honest about it. He won't though. I mean, he tries to because he tries to placate and fucking wax the fucking car of every horror fan by trying to come off as like, no, dude, you're not. You don't think he cares about horror no, at all? No. Gotcha. I don't. Because someone like that, would you watch it? I don't care. Like you can listen to him talk about, and I, I've he was on Jason Blum was on that Uncle Creepy's podcast. Right. And this is a couple years ago. And this was when that guy, he's the bald idiot that uh, fucking. Uh, yeah, yeah. He was one of the producers on the Terrifier movies, too. Uh, and he used to write for Bloody Disgusting. Sean, you're you. You'd know him. He's, yes. he's the guy in the Friday the 13th. Uh, his name was Jason documentary that kept saying homoerotic shaving. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about, because he was on that uh, Kevin Smith Q&A after the Terrifier double feature. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's done. I think he's. uh had headed up some uh, 
uh, Q&As at Monster Mania recently as well, too. Yeah, he did. Um, yeah. But that dude is going on, went on and on about this podcast about how no one buys fucking physical media anymore. Uh, mind you, Scream Factory sells fucking insane amounts of shit. Uh, you yeah, know, it took me look. fucking forever to get that Halloween uh, 4Ks that I got. Yeah, like they set like all these, everyone I know that is in there, everyone that goes... To, Ask Diabolic DVD if people buy his shit. Guess what? He wouldn't be in business still and fucking bringing all the movies to the convention. And yes, that's a that's a specified market. But Vinegar Syndrome, too. Vinegar Syndrome sells out of all their shit most of the time. Uh, At least a couple thousand copies of each fucking of these random fucking, you know, the fucking the night, the fucking the wolf fucking bled fucking come or whatever the fuck it's called. That's a good you know, one. Yeah, four stars. Check it out. <laughs> that was a crossover one. Actually. <laughs> uh, but uh, but that's what kills me too. Is like they just like, but that's a guy that's probably getting fucking free shit hand over fist. And Jason Blum was on his podcast, I believe, and fucking was saying the same shit. Like he's like, yeah, like physical media is dead. Like oh oh okay, are you sure? Because I guarantee a million people bought Halloween Halloween ends. Yeah, easily. But, I think for for other genres, I, I would agree fully. Yeah, yeah. But horror, I, I mean, I think it's the opposite, where I think people care. It's like we talk about it all the time. I think that's a, that's a really kind of a dull statement. Like, it really doesn't make any sense. Is it more niche? Yes. That doesn't mean it sells less. Yeah. I mean, it sell, again, I does it sell less than, like, what fucking Jurassic Park first sold when it got first got on put on when the Lost World first came to DVD? Like, you know, no, of course not. But I mean, but that's the thing. Those guys like they'll only give credit where the where their money's made and where their bread's buttered. Other than that, they don't really talk. And that's the thing. Like Blumhouse, like they keep. I mean, that's what kills me too. Is like they talk about if guess what? If Blumhouse, you want to let's talk about putting your money where your motherfucking mouth is. Okay, if you're if you're all in on you love horror so much, go fund Terrifier Three. Right, throw them yeah. a couple fucking couple mil to make their movie. But guess what? Terr- yeah, Terrifier two, all fucking fan uh, backed. Yeah. Um, don't be surprised I'm, if somebody does throw money at Terrifier three. I hope they do. Huh. Uh, it ain't gonna be Blumhouse though, because those guys are fucking. We know what they're doing when the lights go out. I was gonna say, did you watch that uh, Q and A with Kevin Smith after the double feature? Uh, no, I didn't. Uh, he was talking about how he was like in talks with uh the same Raimi's company. Nice. I forgot what, forgot what it was called though, but well, uh, yeah, I mean, with what they did for Terrifier 2, I mean, obviously, I, I would, I mean, I think you guys would both agree it blew the first one out of the water when it just comes to the reception of the fans, right. you know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah, that, that plus just. Uh, setting box office records for yeah. limited events yeah. where they just kept extending it because it made so made like 64 times its budget. It may even be more by that, that point now. Like it's yeah, it made like but, 10 million in theaters. Yeah, it made more than that. No I shit. I think um, for a fucking 150,000 film. Yeah. 250,000. Yeah. Let's see. Terrifier 2 box office numbers. Because at one point it was like it it surpassed ten. I remember when it surpassed ten million. It was fucking crazy. 
Yeah. 12.1 million in domestic box office for a movie that costs fucking 200,000 or whatever, 150,000. Yeah. It's crazy. But does that not show you what you can do with a under with under a quarter million dollars? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like the so, so, movie was so, so what's everyone good. else's excuse for needing seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve, thirteen, twenty-five million dollars to make a fucking movie? Yeah, they got to toss out the fucking Jamie Lee. Granted, they so, weren't paying any of their actors absolutely. really anything in Terrifier Two. You weren't, you didn't have a fucking budget that you had to pay like an A-list actor. But um, regardless. I'm sure we're going to touch back on some of these films, but real quick, Eric and I uh, will run through our top albums. Sean, you can have input if you'd like. All right. All right. Eric, you want to start or what? Yeah. Are we doing like a format of some sort or just kind of firing them off? You do five. I'll do five. I'll do you do four. I'll do four. We'll do it like that. All right. I'll start it off. My uh, number five album of 2022 is... Uh, the album New Ruin by the uh, band, the Canadian band, the Flatliners, like a punk band. Uh, I guess I would say in the vein of Hot Water Music or something like that. But they put out a new record this year, and you know, this is a band that I really wasn't uh, uh, years before. Too, uh, I didn't really check them out too much, but this record record really sold me, and it really got me into a lot of their other stuff as well. So number five, rounding out my list, is uh, Flatliners New Ruin. Uh, I don't have any kind of basis for that band other than I know they did a split with uh, Make Doing Men, and I have that. Yeah, other than that, yeah. I have I have no reference to that band. Yeah, same. I, I like really never gave him a shot, and then uh, you know one of the, their their lead singer and guitarist joined Hot Water Music a couple of years ago, and even then I still didn't really check it out. But I finally listened, and I kind of fell. Then they happened to drop a new record, and I kind of I kind of been uh, been loving it. So, so yeah. Nice. And uh, how about your number five? So my number five is a record that came out a few months ago, and it is Miracell by Greg Buchato, uh, former, formerly a Dillinger Escape Plan. Uh, he's done the Black Queen as a side project that's more electronic. This is his, just his namesake solo stuff. He's put out a, he put out a record during the pandemic, did a live record, um, which was like a live stream. It's on his own label that I think is an imprint of. I don't know if it's an imprint. It's got to be an imprint of something, but I don't think it is. But right uh, yeah, his own imprint label of uh, called uh, Federal Prisoner. They just released the 20th anniversary of uh, Tear from the Red uh, there. Uh, yeah, so it. It's a great album. It's very much in the vein of like his uh, more rocky. It's like rock, grunge, shoegaze, fucking yeah. metal. Like it's. Uh, it's I was uh, going to ask you, but really like kind of about what it sounded like because obviously anybody who's familiar with him knows that he's really eclectic and is, and there's some of his projects and everything. So yeah, one of the best voices, built like a fucking Greek god. Great hair. Huh. He's, just, he's just the man. Uh, so yeah, Greg Buchato's, uh Mirror Cell. Love that one. My number Mirror five. Cell, nice. Very solid. Very solid. Sean, anything to add to our fives? Uh, never heard of them, but I should probably check them out. I do like Dillinger Escape Plan, though. Yeah, listen to Greg Puchato, then. There you go. Uh, my number four is an album by the ex-lead singer of Oasis, Liam Gallagher. 
put out a record this year called Come On You Know. Uh, I'm a big fan of Oasis, but uh, I think Liam's solo stuff is really awesome. Uh, obviously, the voice, you know, just because it's his voice, it's, a lot of it sounds very similar to uh, Oasis and uh, and BDI and stuff. But uh, this this record, he kind of shows a, a little bit of depth in some of the songs, uh, a lot of contrast to some of the songs on this album. So uh, this this was a really fun one. And uh, yeah, Liam Gallagher, come on, you know. Number four. Nice. I only listened to that one once, but I did like it. Um, yeah, I'll check that out. Uh, my number four is Ghost Impira. Uh, good record. Probably my least favorite of the Ghost records, but that should say something that it's uh, number four on my list of my top five, and it's probably my least favorite Ghost record. That should say something about how good Ghost is and how they just keep expanding the sound, making it more epic, uh, super poppy, but still have the riffs and uh, still keeping the dark, uh, crazed imagery. Uh, just, uh, just a kick-ass fucking ghost record. Yeah, I mean, couldn't agree more. I might as well just pop into it. My number three is Ghost Impera. There you go. Um, like you said, I think they're anybody who's listened to Ghost is you know you've seen you've you've heard their progression throughout their albums i would agree with jesse that this is probably just because the other ones are more you know i don't know i don't know if nostalgia is the word but this record is still great but i don't know where it would rank on all the ghost records but their sound is just so much bigger everything about them is bigger their live shows are bigger and and they're really starting to hit a peak of being like a really gigantic band um and it's like we talk about all the time. Anybody who can sing about some of the lyrical uh, content that they sing about and make it sound so amazing, and just it's probably a, a, a good majority of people who listen to their record who have no idea what they're even talking about. But right, uh, just musically amazing. So I listen to the shit out of this record, and uh, yeah, just musically insane. So as I'm gonna pop in, I actually did listen to this album this year. So nice. there. So it's there on your go. top five. It's on number one. There you go. Uh, there you my, go. I like to hear it. Yeah, number three, Jesse. My number four was Impira, and yours was your number three was Impira by Ghost. Correct. And yep. My number three is Megadeth, the sick, the dying, and the dead. Uh, you can't really go wrong with Megadeth, uh, unless you get into like some of those later '90s ones. Uh, and even those, like I like, I like to a very lesser degree, but I still like. Um, but yeah, this one's sick. Uh, Dogs of Chernobyl, like fucking song rips. Like one of my favorite songs that they've done, definitely the last like twenty or so years. Uh, just a great fucking another another great Megadeth record. Like they don't really miss a beat. Like it's the first one since Dystopia, which came out in January, I think, of uh, two thousand sixteen. So. Uh, almost a four five six it came out august uh so four five six more than six and a half year almost almost seven years since the last record so they yeah. came in they plugged in uh uh james lomenzo i think is gonna be staying around on base uh former megadeth alum taking over for elveson um but yeah just a fucking sick record great record um yeah megadeth sick dying the dead yeah, I mean, I I will I'll admit that this is out of my top five, but I did list it as honorable mentions. I do love this record. I think it's musically so awesome. And then there's there's a couple tracks that just like really 
stand out. Like uh, I love that Mission to Mars song. I just think yeah. it's so awesome. Like some of the lyrical content, like you said, is just uh, is really rad. Dogs of Chernobyl, so good. Uh, any t- any album you could throw Ice T on also is really just uh... oh yeah. <laughs> and, and I know the the Ice T song is pretty sick though. Yes, yeah. I mean, just well, it's just cool that they asked him to be a part of it. I thought that was really cool, but uh, and it's like I know we mentioned before, but you know the big thrash bands of back in the day. Uh, I know me and Jesse have mentioned this too. Like, I just think some of their last couple records for each one of them have been like awesome, and I this is is right there with all of that. You know, uh, this Megadeth record is is great. So, if anyone hasn't checked it out obviously do the do so yeah if you're a fan sean i agree hey listen you know for a guy who doesn't really listen to new music i did check out this album see you could have made a top five yeah, yeah like we got two right now already <laughs> yeah it'd be a top two well i bet we named someone else and you're like oh i listened to that anyway <laughs> well no i listened to the new megadeth album with you on the last time it came out from monster mania that's true that's true how are we doing? Is, I'm going to check in with everyone. Everyone's in a good mood still or what? I'm in a great mood. Let's hear that number two. Number two for Eric Tyler's top five, 2022. No surprise from anybody, of course, but it's Hot Water Music's Feel the Void. Um, this record, I think, is... So Hot Water Music went on a bit of a hiatus, and there was a stretch of time where they didn't release any music. I can't tell you the exact amount of time because I'm I'm an idiot, but... Uh, this record, I feel like, is the best record they put out since that hiatus. I think it's great. It's got a lot of heart. Every song is is really awesome. And like I said, they they added this Chris Cresswell guy from uh, the Flatliners, and he uh, puts a lot of input into the record uh, lyrically and uh, his vo- his vocals as well. Gives them a different sound uh, in some tracks. So feel the void. Hot water music. Love them, and I uh, love this record. So nice. Yeah. I Number figured, uh... two. I figured uh, Hot Water Music would definitely be on your list at one or two. So there you go. Uh, yeah, Darker Still by Parkway Drive, uh, my number two. Just a fucking killer record. Uh, Reverence, I I wasn't huge on aside from a couple songs, and then of course after I think I'm not huge on it, I re-listened to it when Darker Still came out too, and I was like, no, nah, it's a good record. I just there's like two tracks that really that sent me like away from the band and not like away, like crazily away, but I was just like, yeah, I didn't listen to him for a minute, at least not that stuff. Right. Um, uh, but darker still, I think it's the best record they put out like in a while, like definitely since <sighs> Iyer. I think I might even like it more than Iyer, which is crazy. Cause I do love Iyer and Atlas is still my favorite. Um, but darker still is fucking sick. Uh, amazing production. A lot of, trauma within the band i think that maybe created maybe a fucking a sicker uh heavier record uh another band that's kind of uh, outgrown the restrictions of maybe uh ha- a metal just being a metal band they're a little bit more epic um maybe a little bit rock in there but they're still like brutal as fuck too so uh you can't really it's just a fucking sick record and i i love hearing that people are still getting into this band it's taken them so long to to jump on the wagon um but yeah Parkway Drive, Starker still fucking sick. I love this record as well. Uh, so good. Um, and and I, you know, just really simply, just to make it quick and short and sweet, is if there's anyone out there who listen who loves metal or heavy music, aggressive music, 
and you're not listening to Parkway Drive, I just think it's you, you got to just do yourself a favor and do that because obviously they made a progression. The earlier stuff, Jesse could speak to it more too. Is 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 a bit you know more on the metalcore, hardcore side of things, but now they branch out into this like sonically huge uh, sound and and their last with their last couple records and this very, one maybe very, more very like cinematic uh, metalcore. If it yeah, were. yeah, like and it's and and their shows and you know obviously they're Australian, but you know overseas and stuff, and I'm sure in America as well. But their shows are just wild, and and people just are, are rabid for them. So yeah, I mean I love them. I like them on a personal level. You know, not that I know them. I'm just saying like you, they seem like personally good ass people too. Uh, and sometimes you connect with a band because of that too. Uh, but yeah, anybody who doesn't listen to them, at least give them a shot because. They're in this record, especially that's amazing. So, yeah, for sure. Let's hear that Chong. number one, Chong Parkway Drive, or what? Uh, I'm gonna be a loser. I've actually never really listened to them. Well, there you go. Let's listen to the new record. There you go. Let's do it. My number yeah, one record of 2022. Again, no surprise. Murder by Death, Spellbound. You know, over the years, they've become one of my favorite bands ever really just obsessed with everything they do um musically and the way they carry themselves as a band they're like really i know like people throw out the term diy but you know they really do everything for their fans like they're not they they crowdfund a lot of their stuff and they really just they're you know using their own elbow grease to ship out records and, and put out merch and do everything like that like they're just a band you really want to get behind you know what i mean and they have a lot of a lot of roots to to punk and hardcore, you know, they, uh, Jeff Rickley from Thursday is the one who kind of uh, discovered them back in the day. And, and, and it's just, I just love everything about them. So they put out a new record this year uh, that was Kickstarter funded, Spellbound. And that's my number one. Nice. Nice. My and drum roll, number one, J Dog. My number one album is material that's 20. 20- 21 22 years old who would have thunk it it's the re-record of 18 visions vanity uh <laughs> we got a chuck lot of sean there he knew uh yeah it's just fucking they dropped uh the drop the two ballads and re-recorded everything and just being able to kind of uh to have i mean for this podcast alone to have james and keith both on this year um to talk with those dudes at uh, a couple of the shows that I went to as well. And just kind of uh, talk with them and, uh, and then uh, kind of formally meet uh, Cam uh, Cameron from uh, uh, Duca, who's uh, Keith's in that project with him uh, side project, which is fucking killer. Um, and just kind of talk to him about like the vanity stuff as he's out on tour with them and stuff. And like, it was just cool to like uh, connect with him and be able to have James and Keith on the podcast this year. Uh, it was quite a, a milestone for, for me for to have on the podcast and celebrate 20 years of vanity on that episode. Talk about it, uh, reveal to me off mic that they were doing this and then it gets released, you know, months later, you know, in June or whatever, they announced that they're, july that they were doing that and announced the 20 year anniversary tour do that being able to go see those songs and uh, i prefer the re-recorded versions over the original versions which is fucking huge because you know how big fucking vanity is for me and 18 visions is so 
yeah, van the re-record of Vanity <clears throat> from eighteen That's versions awesome. number one. Yeah, I mean, I like it. I know I've said it on the on the pod before, and just to you personally, but I was so pumped that you could do those pods with 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 those guys because obviously everyone who knows you uh, knows how big eighteen visions is for you. Um, and I and I I think just listening to this as to do this, I, it makes me excited because you can really tell how passionate we are about these bands and and about this music and about these movies too, which we'll talk about. Yeah, as well, but the m- movies which are right up next here. So yeah, I have one question though. What? Did you come out of Mosh retirement? Oh yeah, yeah. I did the, I did the grumpy fucking, pissed off Mosh Mosh for sure. Uh, I mean, I came out of Mosh retirement right around that time for a couple bands. Hatebreed set alone for that that canceled Anthrax Black Label show where Hatebreed opened. There was pretty much like a <laughs> Hatebreed opener and headliner that we saw for free. For free. But they played when Hatebreed says this next one is called Not One Truth. What are you supposed to do? Yeah. Yeah. Hold, hold your best friend's gear while he comes out of Mosh retirement. That's what I, I saw that. I saw that very, uh, that very thing happen in a different city. There was no coming out of Mosh retirement for me, though. I, I'll yeah, well, at least you got to finish your set, though. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, they played that, but they also played fucking uh, Worlds Apart. Worlds of, as soon as as soon as they got done playing like two songs after that, they're like, "Yeah, this is our second to last song. This song's called Worlds Apart." And I was just like, "Well, I have to fucking go act like an idiot now because <laughs> hey, you only live once. Get it done, James. Well, was... New metal, uh, the not new metal like in you know corn new metal, but I'm just calling the new metal." Jamie Jossa with his new look. I mean, when you've seen him with a buzz cut for 50 years, and then I know 50 <laughs> years is like exaggeration, exaggeration, but uh, 50 years of a buzz cut, and then now he's just long haired, bearded. I know. I love that. <laughs> Fucking amazing. Uh, but yeah, as our top albums, uh, honorable mentions. I got a couple honorable mentions. Wow. Uh, uh, Dead Bodies, The Requiem. Uh, a little. Uh, the Requiem. Uh, that was a little too short for me. It was uh, eight songs or something like that, and they're all like kind of short. I uh, wish it was a little longer. Um, maybe that's why it didn't crack my my top. Uh, Lamb of God, Omens, Lamb of God, just always putting out like solid shit. It's just what they do. Um, and then uh, Bjork's uh, Fasora. Uh, just I've always loved Bjork. Um, isn't as good as her previous material, but hey, it's Bjork. Right on. I love it. Eric, any honorable mentions? Uh, Yeah, I mean, Megadeth, like the one I said, uh, Orville Peck, Bronco, um, that band Zombie, uh, they they did this, uh, like, uh, basically, they had, uh, they did a thing called Zombie and Friends Volume 1, where they get a couple mm-hmm. different people from other bands together, and they did some covers. That was really cool. Arlo McKinley put out a record and Tim Barry. That would probably be the ones I would think of. Yeah. Those are my honorable mentions. Nice. And uh, MC Chongo. Hey. All right. Bad joke. Well, well, shit. We we did some (laughs) we did some music. Now let's fucking let's do some movies. Top five movies. Chongo's fully in on this one. So without further ado. We're going to let you fucking start, El Chonguita. Right. El Chonguita. My fifth 
Bear movie of 2022. Matt Reeves, The Batman. I just watched that two days ago. Nice. What do you think? Good. Too long. Uh, too long. Liked all the acting in it. Solid acting. It was as dark as I wanted my Batman to be. Like, it was dark. I thought oh, it was damn, cool. so fucking good. Riddler. Thought it was cool. Liked it a lot. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I felt like a, a, it was two hours and 45 minutes. It felt like, it felt like it was 45 minutes too long. I feel like they could have condensed it down and made it a little more, but it was good. Pattinson did awesome. I liked that a lot. So that's your number five. I like it. All right. Nice. First uh, movie I got to see in theaters with a pink cast on my ankle. Oh, that was the first movie you went and saw, wasn't it? Yeah, my very first movie. No, my very first movie in 2022 was apparently Jackass 4, but I fucking forgot about that. No, but that was the first movie you saw post... Uh... Post car accident, yeah. Yes. Mama Hendo rolled you in, right? She rolled up in the van, and I rolled my fucking scooter inside. Nice. Nice. All right, is it, uh, is it me here? Am I going next? That's you. All right. I do want to preface something for I want to say something first is I've been really bad about seeing some movies that have come out recently. Uh, I probably should turn in my horror card because I'm not going to lie. I have not seen Terrifier 2 yet, but I thought I would say that before I make my list. Oh, Number man. five on my list uh, and maybe a shocking turn of events is uh, the ending of the trilogy of Halloween. Halloween ends. Very controversial flick, but I, you know what, I, I liked, it. I, I, I liked it. Obviously, anything that comes out nowadays, maybe you're gonna have a things you want different, things you would change, things you would, you would add, subtract. But you know, all together, I enjoyed the film. Wow, and, uh, in the top five, and I'm gonna put it in my top five. There was a couple other movies I thought maybe could would bounce it out. I went back and forth, but I'm gonna stick with it. Halloween five number, or Halloween ends my my number five. I'm sticking you know, with I it. I appreciate it. I've seen a lot yeah, of top, I mean, top lists this year. Halloween ends did not make any of those lists that I saw. Hey, fuck it. Made my list. So my number five. Also, I'd like to note that I am using a different microphone for this episode. You look good. Looks uh, good and this is look. just me testing this microphone out. This is uh, a Samson Q2U uh, recording mic. Uh this is for when we have guests in no person. No free shout outs. No, you they got to send me something now. Yeah. Um this is just a test for when we have people in in studio quote unquote. Uh, yeah. uh so, so we're not just fucking deep throwing one microphone. Yeah, exactly. I don't know about deep throwing that it brought it to yeah, that was level. Strange. That was just a, <laughs> that was just a really strange comment. Uh, <laughs> um but yeah, this is nice. I can rest this on my uh on my car hard ass gut right now and uh have yep. this uh, conversation um number five for me i have went back and forth this has been the hardest position to stand on okay and i don't know uh, i'm gonna give it i gave it to i back and forth and i'll let you know what the number six is when we get into our honorable mentions but my number five was uh what i thought was a uh, relatively uh more than not original horror story uh that was fun it kept me guessing it was entertaining and i liked the actors and actresses in it it was barbarian nice nice 
Yeah. Anytime I, mean, I, anytime I can watch a movie with the Malvi sisters and the they Malvi can twins. and they can and they can watch, you know, just a a fucking a mongoloid fucking humanoid with, fucking put a big fucking hairy nipple down if anyone doesn't know the Mulvey twins they're uh they're pretty much like marge's sisters minus the six <laughs> <laughs> <In the Simpsons. laughs> that's great yeah barbarian i mean i don't barbarian was, was such a good movie like what i loved about that was i think and we talked about this was the trailers didn't give too much away i didn't oh, know that's anything the way it about it. perfect yeah, I, I knew nothing about it really. Just going and me and Jen watched it on HBO Max or whatever, and uh, I was, I was obsessed. Jen maybe didn't like a couple of the, the the Chongo scenes. You know what I mean? Where, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, other than that, I loved it. Great movie. Yeah, Great I movie. Uh, I had a lot of fun. Like I said, I I went and I saw that like a perfect time too. I think I was in the perfect mood to see that movie. It had been on HBO Max, I think, for like a week or so, maybe even a little longer. But um, I drove out to Chiller Theater to meet Craig R. Baxley and Bolo Young. And Bridget and I drove all the way out there to spend a half hour at the con and then went and got lunch at this fucking awesome tavern. I think it was called Tommy's Tavern. Shout out. Um, It was really good. And we drove all the way back home and I took a little nappy poo and then I got up. Bridget and Letty had just returned from Target and I was just like, well, let's all watch Barbarian. And it was a nice, crisp October night and we watched fucking Barbarian. I was like, this fucking this is a fun ass movie. (laughs) So I think I was just in a good mood and just reeling off of the kind of a good day. Um, And maybe that's uh, played into why it was in my top five. But I like it. Yeah, no, I mean, anything it's like we just talked about a little while ago, you know, before we got into the list, it's like when a solid, good original horror film comes out nowadays, you know, yeah, it's great. It's great. Yeah, and I don't yeah. even think I don't think this movie like fucking. I'm not like, oh my god, it's fucking one of the greatest fucking movies of the last twenty years. Nothing like that. But when you can deliver something that's original, not give anything away in the trailer, have like comedic relief, and have fucking a plus actors like Alexander Skarsgård or what was it, Bill Skarsgård? Bill Skarsgård. Yeah, Bill. Fucking yeah. uh, Justin Long. Yeah, uh, Jay Long in it. Like it was just fucking. It hit the right notes, and I like Jay Long's in fucking Sean's favorite movie of all time. All right, Tusk. Shout out, great movie. <laughs> shout out, Tusk. <laughs> shout out, Tusk. Uh, Sean, you're number four. So we're gonna segue. Uh, it's it's the Barbarian at number four. Um, nice. So so the funny thing about that movie, I was talking about with a coworker. He's like, "Oh, dude, I'm super excited to see it. This before I knew about." Like what the movie was actually about before the nipple. So like we both watched it that pre nip, that yeah pre nip, um, pre nipsual agreement. We come in. And I was thinking to myself like, oh god, I really hope he doesn't see it because, you know, he's not really a horror fan, and obviously the fucking Harry Nip scene's kind of, you know, pretty out there. And I'm yeah, just like, you... hey, I'm like, I watched Barbarian last night, and he goes, yeah, so did I. <laughs> I'm like, so you saw it? He goes. Yeah, I was with my girlfriend, and that scene, no. <coughs> I'm dying over here now. Did she, Did can you confirm if she had a hairy nip? Is that why I it was can, an awkward I cannot watch? confirm that my co-worker's girlfriend has hairy nips. All right, let's hope he doesn't listen. But uh, uh, no, no one at work listens to this podcast. So you don't talk about it? No, I talk about it. 
All right, now time for my number four. Yeah. You're, you're number four. Number four for me is the return of an icon. Okay. I think we all know where we're going here. Top Gun, Maverick. Hell yeah. The return of Maverick. This is everything I wanted in the Top Gun sequel. Jen and I went to see it opening night. Uh, had everything I wanted. The action, the flying scenes were incredible. And Big Tommy stepped up and tried to save cinema altogether. So, uh, obviously, I'm a huge Tom Cruise fan. I'm not afraid to admit that. Yeah, I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was exactly what I wanted out of the sequel. I like he paid homage to the original, brought in <coughs> some original faces <coughs> and names, and, and it was great. Yeah, I mean, great. So, number four, Top Gun Maverick. That's what you got to do with it to make to make a sequel successful. You got to bring back beloved characters. You got to introduce new ones, keep a balance and have it be as gripping and as exciting and as fun as the original. And I think that one accomplished it. Yeah. I mean, I think that's really simply put. That's great. I mean, really true. I think they did. They did a perfect job in my opinion. So Justin, I got those sick regal exclusive pins. When we went to go see it. Yeah. Yep. Get the, I stole yours. No, I took yours. Oh, you did? Because mine's still my Patriots bag. Yeah, of course it is. See, I wanted, that was a trick to see where the hell that was, and I knew it was just sitting in your closet somewhere. Yeah, it's on my stuff bag. I keep it with me. So anyway. my, my number, number four, four is the only comedy that's on my list. And it is a movie that came out in February, and I went and saw it, and a lot of fun in the theater. I guess it's kind of a horror movie, too. Uh, Studio 666, the Foo nice. Fighters film. That was so much fun. There were so many cameos. Johnny Carp was in it. Fucking, uh, you know, Carrie King and there was just uh, Whitney Cummings. And it was just a it was a fun fucking film. And I love the fucking Foo Fighters. And I love the idea of them making like, you know, a a satanic record there where there's a possessed Dave Grohl's possessed. Just uh, yeah, brilliant real. and fun. And I love that it just came out of like nothing and then like it turned into a full feature because Dave Grohl's the fucking man and it's amazing. Yeah. So uh, that's, I mean, so good. Yeah, that movie's great. Dave Grohl's amazing. The Foo Fighters are amazing. Obviously, it hits even harder because of Taylor and everything tragically yeah, that happened. But, but yeah, I mean, when you can have any two things that usually aren't uh, together when it comes to like, you know, Foo Fighters and horror and you take that, those worlds and you mix them. I mean, it doesn't get it, much better. So. If you would have told me that one of the best, uh, the best heroes in a horror film, in a horror comedy in two, 2022 was going to be Nate and Pat from the Foo Fighters, I would have never <laughs> fucking believed you. We got Pat Smear in a fucking feature length fucking film yeah. in a starring role. That alone, the, I almost feel embarrassed. And- this isn't my number one, right? And Nate is the unsung hero of the Foo Fighters because he's the one, sadly, no offense to Nate. He's the one nobody seems to care about for some reason. Yeah, love Nate. I yeah, love we just saw this in theaters by Randy off of uh, Voodoo. Nice. Yeah, I, I watched mine on video VOD as well, so when I watched it. I went and saw it in theaters because I'm a fan. Well, I also there, there it is, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. <laughs> when came out. The only true hero left in cinema. Me. S-E-H-S. <laughs> <laughs> he's the All fucking right. Jeff Jarrett. He's the Jeff Jarrett of movie watching. They <laughs> need him. Don't he's, piss he's, me off. <laughs> they need him. We need him. We need Jeff Jarrett wrestling in 2022. Number three. three? 
Tron. My number three, uh, you know, it's a Brad Pitt film, Bullet Train. I had a lot of fun with this one when I saw Bullet Train. Bullet Train. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. It's an over the top action movie. You know, assassins on a train. Like, who else is, is there... in it besides Brad? Um, shit, the fucking kid from Kick Ass. I always forget things. I kid anymore. It's a fucking adult. But... I know you're it's talking a, about. I actually haven't seen it yet. I do want to see it. It just hit Netflix. I know it's, but it's like it's it's like a Japanese style like action. Yeah. It looks so gotcha. bad. Gotcha. Uh, and Brad doesn't really seem to do anything that sucks. So I got to get on seeing that. I definitely slept on that. You know, Bad Bunny's in it. You know, I know how much you guys love Bad Bunny. Listen to the bitch, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Eric, you're number, uh, number three for me is a movie that's already been mentioned by one of you. It is The Batman. Uh, you know, Number three on your list. I wouldn't have called that. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm just I love Batman so much. And this is everything I wanted out of a Batman movie. Uh, some of the acting you get is incredible. Super dark story, like you said, kind of an, an all star cast. Paul Dano killing it as the Riddler and uh, Colin Farrell as the Penguin, too. Amazing. John Turturro. This is a great flick. And like I said, everything I wanted out of a Batman movie. It is a little bit long, but. It's tough for me to hold that against the people nowadays because I feel like every movie that's like, I feel like every big movie now is like fucking two hours plus. So Dude, it's, it's so true. Like every time a new movie comes out, it's like two and a half hours. Like Jesus. And yeah, and then like some of these other like I and now we're starting to see these movies bleed into the three hour mark, and I think that's just going to be like the new norm now. It's it's just going to keep getting longer and longer, and like soon movies are going to be like four hours long. The um, they're going to do like intermissions. The kid that played the Riddler. Tell me he doesn't look like AJ's one friend. He is AJ's one friend. That is him. Yeah. Paul Dano. That is AJ's friend in, uh, in the Sopranos. Yes. Yeah, so Paul Dano. No he's fucking a, way. He's been in a bunch of shit now. As of now, obviously, uh, he's, he's he awesome. I sat yeah, there awesome. and I was just like, this fucking kid looks like AJ's friend. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he uh, his character in the Prisoners is so goddamn creepy and good. I mean, he's in that Prisoners that movie from 2013. Yeah, with with Jelen Hall and and, uh, Hugh Jackman. I still haven't seen that, but I hear good things. Yeah, you should check that out because it actually is pretty awesome. Yeah, Um, Eric Nice on that theaters. And then, um, thanks for the invite. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) We're invited. I had to imagine you were invited, but. Anyway, yeah, Paul Dano, King, but the Batman, yeah, I mean, uh, I thought it was, I thought it was awesome, but yeah, again, you know, long, but you can't really hold it against him anymore. Batman is the best superhero. Yeah, by far. Everybody out. Spider Man is not even town. close. Fuck Superman, all that Marvel town. Yeah, uh, Mar- F Marvel. Well, we're right fucking there. little kids. We like Disney. We want to make these uh, the Hulk is a fun now. All right, give me some dark <laughs> ass. I, I, I feel attacked right now. You should. You should. <laughs> All, All right. right, Jesse, number three. My number three. What's yes. a Marvel movie that came out this year? It's not that. Uh, <laughs> my number that. three is Ty West's X. Nice. nice. Love X. So much fucking fun. So sick. Nailed that fucking 70s vibe. Ty coming out, dropping fucking two films in a motherfucking year, dropping Maxine next year, fucking just three movies in like a two year span. Fucking amazing. Love it. Um, X was so much fucking fun. Uh, 
Still haven't shown Bridget saw Pearl, but she did not see X. And I don't know if I want to show her X for for multiple reasons. Yeah. Jesus. And it's uh yeah, it was just fucking awesome. Love X. This is this is what this is. X and Pearl were shots in the arm. Pearl's not my top five. Spoiler alert. But X and Pearl were shots in the arm, I think, horror needed. And I do love that it was Ty West that did it. Just because Ty West, I love I love what that dude's done already. And yeah, we're all sure. huge House of the Devil fans, especially. I know we talk about that one so much. Yeah. Love Ty West, and I'm not going to say too much for obvious reasons. But, yes, X, amazing. Hell yeah, brother. Sean, Hell number yeah. three, brother. Number two. Number two, brother. Number two. This is going to be no surprise. Kevin Smith, Clark's three. That is a surprise. I thought it was going to be one. Yeah, that's the biggest <laughs> surprise ever. He's gonna put he's gonna put Tusk at number one. <laughs> the re-release of Tusk at number one. All right, why don't you cut a little, little promo on how much you love Kevin Smith? You want to get up underneath this goddamn fucking? I worship jacket. the ground that man walks on, even though he is a bit annoying these days. Loves talking about how much he had that heart attack five years ago. I didn't see that Clerks movie, uh, but so tell the fans uh, how it how is it. I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, like obviously I had that car accident earlier this year, and I never, like really thought about like how I could have died from that car accident until I saw Clerks three that night. So that movie's about fucking death and grieving. So it got me really thinking about how I almost wasted my life. So you're gonna finally film Mosley, is what you're saying? Yeah. No, I'll probably do other things besides film mostly. I don't have money for a movie. <laughs> you don't need yeah, money. That's Damien Leon. Yeah, that's Damien. He didn't need money either, and he got it done. Perfect. Well, Sean got morbid on us, so. Yeah, Sean move. went dark. Eric, Eric lighten the mood. Sean went solo dark. Oh, he didn't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> Just think that there's twisted souls out there who went out there and bought solo i mean <laughs> you know i'm not gonna name names but uh anyway hand, hand uh number two for eric tyler's 2022 top five films list number two for me is the northman robert eggers the northman i actually uh, didn't see this one uh yet um been meaning to there's a fucking i saw so many movies this year but i just i did not get around to seeing that one but it was yeah it like was, I said, I'm, in, I'm in the same boat i I've, I've been slacking lately i haven't seen a lot of stuff that's come out in the past couple of months but uh robert eggers eggers obviously did the witch and and uh, the lighthouse uh very simply put this is a viking revenge story starring alexander skarsgård it's also got ethan hawk willem dafoe uh anya taylor joy uh, super as uh, Bjork. Bjork has a small yeah. role in it. Yeah, I know. I know. That, um, yeah. oh, she Bjork's in it. Yeah, yeah, she got a small role in it. It's, 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 it's just such a good story. Brutal, and the cinematography is is awesome. And um, I saw it in theaters, um, and I was blown away. I was blown away. Um, uh, I again, maybe a movie that maybe could have been shortened a little, but I can't. It's tough for me to 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 say that's a bad thing but i i you know i, I loved it I thought, I thought it was really good and eggers this is only his third uh i think you know feature film actually so uh 
So, so it's far. what? It's the witch. It's uh, the lighthouse, and now this. Yeah, and that's it. I don't. I think everything else he did was shorts. I'm pretty sure. I don't. So I haven't seen the lighthouse. I did see but. the witch, and I do love the witch. The witch is amazing. The lighthouse is interesting. Uh, I own it. It's it's an interesting watch. Uh, but I think you would really like the Northman. I think you you would think it's awesome. So that uh, but that's my number two. That and prisoners is on my to do list. I was gonna say I watched the Northman last night. I fucking loved it. You finished it? I finished it today when I got off from work. Nice. Nicole Kidman is in it actually, which I was a little bit shocked that she was in that, but um, I don't know why. I just but uh, a lot, like I said, a lot of movies that are coming out recently. I really wanted to see. You know, Violent Night, The Menu, Terrifier Two. There's a bunch of stuff uh, I haven't seen, but yes, anyone the Northman super good. Eager to hear what Jesse has to say about it as well. I think you really like it, but yeah, definitely. That, that and Prisoners are on my watch list, so I believe. I think Prisoners it. is on Netflix, so I think. I think it got added it's... recently because I saw it and I was just like, "Hey, I heard people talk about this fucking thing." Apparently, you guys went and saw it and didn't invite me. Fuck, ten years ago. So. <laughs> That's you probably did, but you're probably busy. I think he told Sean to fuck off when he asked you. <laughs> my number two, Top Gun Maverick. Better than the oh, first yeah. one. Yeah, most, yeah. Most wait, fun. wait, wait, real quick. You think it's better than the original? Oh yeah. Smokes it. All right. I like it. I like Smiz Smith oaks it. It's exactly how what fucking what uh I mean that's the thing. Like Top Gun is Top Gun. Same way Terminator is Terminator. Like Terminator is in its league of its own. But right. as is Terminator 2, as is Top Gun Maverick. Like I, I, said, love, I mean, yeah, I mean, have was... classic characters everyone loves, bring them back in, incorporate them, give them something new, bring new faces in, push the story forward. Fucking amazing stunts, amazing aerial fucking feats. Tom Cruise, one of the last action stars, well, or yeah. one of the last stars, like movie yeah. stars. Well, what I think I just want to add really quick is like, uh, you know, we like independent cinema. We love independent horror and we love huge movies like this, too. And I think you're right. Like, they, we're living in an age where it comes to like whatever. I know we've talked about it before, like whatever social media or just how accessible everybody is. The movie star thing is dying. Like, and and you know, say what you want about Tom Cruise, I think he makes an amazing movie. Every movie he's done, pretty much in my eyes, pretty much been amazing. But uh, you're right; it's like a dying thing, and he really, truly is a yeah, movie he star. Never, I mean, he does he's, his, yeah, his own stunts and it's crazy it's just nuts that's what i'm saying that's the he's the last of a dying breed and he hasn't done his norbit yet <laughs> true um or his fucking mr popper's penguins um <laughs> but yeah top gun maverick my number two it was so much fucking fun seeing this in theaters i had a fucking blast almost yeah, I mean, much Almost as I was like, just like fucking tick, like felt like tickled, like when I was watching it. I was just like, this is so fucking sick. This is so awesome. Yeah, I feel the same way. People were like amped. Like I said, we went to the theater, the theater we usually go to. Like you know, some nights it's really dead. It was packed. People were wearing Top Gun shirts and like fucking to come Aviator out thirty to come out too thirty six years after the original film and be that good. It's a feat. It's yeah. I mean, it really There's is. Someone moving the box office for like a while. Yeah. It fucking made like a billion dollars. Fucking, I think uh, Avatar, Avatar just broke the record for that this year. Um, Top Gun held the thing for making a billion dollars the fastest. I think it was twenty one days, and it took James Cameron Avatar two uh, 
14 day, two weeks to to surpass the billion dollar mark. Has that been out for two weeks? The 16th it came out. Yeah. Uh, just, oh, really? Yeah, I, I haven't seen it. I've never seen the first one, so. Yeah, uh, saw saw the saw that one, and uh, I just found this out today. Uh, I did get I did get get the uh, the little cup. Ooh, nice, uh, nice. That uh, just because I commemorate it, and I got the little blue bucket fucking with it too. Um, but anyway, I didn't know. Just found this out. Just watching uh like a movie IQ thing uh or ID thing or something it's called where they. Uh, you know actors or filmmakers break down their films and he broke down he was talking about uh terminator terminator 2 he talked about titanic but he also talked about avatar he had no intentions of ever doing a sequel to avatar he got reached out to a bunch of native leaders of different uh native um uh clans be it native americans and and other native uh organizations in other continents that reached out uh, talking about you know the deconstruction of fucking forests and and how they're killing these lands and things like that and they said what can you do with your platform to help us you brought put it in a movie this is really happening what can you do to help he felt so compelled that he was just like well fuck like the only thing i can do is he he said he fought with it for a while he's like but the only thing i can i can do that i can help with my power and my platform other than just give money is to generate money by making films talking about it. And that's why he ended up doing a shot. He's now, I think avatar three is almost completely shot. Cause it was shot. A lot of avatar three was shot during avatar two and it was shot over started over five years ago. Uh, so I think, and he said, he's like, he's like, there's other shit I wanted to do. Like he said, like straight, you think he says it just like that. He's like, there's other shit I wanted to do. He's just like, but this seemed like this was, more important and something i had to kind of i didn't feel right about just moving on when people were asking me what can i do with with my status he's right. like so i decided to just keep making avatar movies so it is what it is yeah like five of those fucking movies yeah yeah so yeah. Uh, i think that's what you're telling me is i should i should watch the first and, and watch this one yeah the first one i think was better than the second one the second one was really good uh you got to really be prepared to see like all the 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 computer generated fucking animations and stuff like that. Right, Other right. than that, like, I mean, there is still like human or humans in it, and there's still a mix a little bit, especially in the first one. Uh, Edie Falco was in it, and Edie Falco was just like, oh, I thought it came out and bombed. I forgot this movie. I was this movie. I thought this movie already came out when it got released, and like where everyone was asking her about it. I thought that was funny. Um, <laughs> That's crazy, actually. But anyway, Avatar not in my top five um but it is good avatar two way away yeah, uh, not my top five but let's do those ones boys let's do Man. those ones i will say i am gonna watch it when i get to, when i get your approval on stuff i i'm more compelled to, 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 to watch it so i'm gonna watch avatar all right number one chunk that's you that's you uh, the re-release of tusk no i'm kidding um <laughs> no my number one is uh terrifier two terrify now sean now i got a question for you oh fire away so when you fucking when I thought that you when I bought the Terrifier two ticket to go to in the fucking when we went and saw the Joe Bob yeah. Cerebellum night and we were gonna stay there and and I accidentally bought the ticket because I thought you said you bought your ticket but you had already seen it and you were talking about something else. Um. Now when I asked you about it, you're like, you said something, and I didn't think you liked it that much. So did the film grow on you? 
It definitely did. So I think like the reason why I didn't care for it when I first saw it, I think because like, I had like that work fatigue. I, I went right after work. I was kind of tired. The movie is, you know, two and a half hours long. Might have had something to do with present company during that movie too. That, that too. Um, but then I kept on thinking about it and I rewatched it again at home. And I was like, you know what? I'm like, this is a film that like, if this was like made in the eighties, we would totally rented it. And they kept on like showing their friends, like, dude, look how fucking gory this is. It's a fun ass time. Let's get some fucking pizza. Like, let's watch this shit. It is, I'll tell you what, Terrifier 2 is fucking. I, I think I said it to you too, Sean. I was just like, I was like, this movie, like, I respect like how fucking brutal it is. I go, but this guy's working some dark shit out. Like, he is fucking. <laughs> These fucking yeah. kills are fucking mean. And don't give too much away. Fuck. I haven't seen the second one yet. But. I will just say that. Yeah. I go, the fucking, the shit in this movie is fucking downright fucking mean. Sean, I just have a question, too. How do you feel about the first one? So I rewatched the first one. Um, I only watched it once, and then I rewatched it again, like, five years later. Um, mm-hmm. It's enjoyable, but then I realized the second one totally blows the first one out of the water. Okay. Yeah, just curious. I mean, I was like the first, first one stuff because obviously the budget was like thirty thousand. It was very like paint by number, like run the mill slasher film. Like there was like no plot, but just like kills. Right. So Terrifier Two has like an actual story, and like builds more on Art the Clown. Perfect. Yeah, I mean that's great. Like I said, I'm I'm super pumped to see it. So I'll be I'll be watching it soon. I hope so. I mean, I already pre-ordered two copies of it. You know, I was sure. gonna try by the. What was that? Terrifier 2, your number one. Yeah. I like it. Eric, what's your number one? Enrique. Enrique's number one. I know it's really not... I can't really put two movies as my number one, so I'm just going to say it's X is my number one, but I would say it would be a combination of X-Pearl because, you know... You can't do that. You got to pick one. All right, well, it would be, it would be, it's going to be, it would be X, of course. Uh, uh, I, but I feel bad now that I feel like what I was your number? Now, what but, was your number five? What's that? What was your number five? Halloween ends. I'd probably have to bump that out and put Pearl into my top. Well, but go. we're not so, going to do that. Fuck it. I'm going to put X as my number one. I love Ty West. I, I loved X. You know, everything I wanted. Horror is my favorite genre. Um, you know, it's it's something that uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of, and I thought it was everything I lo- I wanted and more. I mean, I think he's Ty West has really delivered, uh, and then with the sequel with Pearl in the same year, I think the what he's getting out of his actors and actresses is amazing. But yeah, X blew me away. I thought it was really fun. Everything I wanted, was like what Sean said about Terrifier too. I mean, the nostalgia, the way it made you feel. I, I just loved everything about it. So it's a movie that really like blew me away this year. So I, I was amped on it. X number one. X. So my number two was X, wasn't it? Or my number three was X. My two was Top Gun Maverick. Correct. My number one. My <laughs> number one. <laughs> my number one is Halloween Ends. Is it really? No. Halloween Ends. Hell yeah! My top are you shocked? Are you shocked, Sean? I am shocked, enough, but I'm not shocked in the fall. But I'm shocked. I I was trying to think. I was really trying to think, especially with movies that I saw in theaters. I saw all these in theaters except for Barbarian. 
I was trying to think what was I like most like pumped on seeing while I was in theaters and it was almost Top Gun Maverick because I was really fucking pumped then. But I was just like once I saw where the story was going. And I remember when when Corey was on the motorcycle and they were playing Burn It Down and Allison was on the back of the motorcycle and I saw where they were going and what they were doing. Like I was finally clicking what where the movie like had had went and was going. I was just like, this is fuck. I like this because I part of me knew it was going to piss off people. And right. I don't know why it just it, it it did not irritate me even in the slightest. And I also based my number one pick off what I've watched them. What did I revisit? Have, have any of these I revisited? So the only one that I have revisited so far on my list is my number one. It's the only one I revisited. And not only did I rewatch it twice after I saw it, I rewatched it the day after I saw it. I can't, I was home uh, and watched it on Peacock the next day on the Saturday after the Friday opening Friday. And I watched it then, and then I watched it a couple weeks later on Halloween. I watched it. Nice. And- yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. Like I said, it was in my in my top five. I, I I don't understand the hatred. I just think it's well. We talked about this before. I don't need to go over it again. But I thought it was a great. I thought it was a good film. I I loved it. I really did. Uh, I thought it was. I thought it was awesome for, for them to. To do what they did, and I think... Well, it's so funny. Like, they literally got what they wanted in Kills, where Michael just runs around and kills people. And it's just like a a brouhaha of madness. And then as soon as you don't get that for one film, people freak. And I just think that shows the... That shows the... The the weak-willed mindset and just kind of the stubborn mindset of a horror fan sometimes, but... I don't know. I loved it. I love the direction they went. It took big balls and it succeeded. And I, I, I equate it to like a band making a really different album after you just got the most stereotypical album you could have got from them with Halloween right. kills. And then they put out something that's still at its core. You know, the cover of it looks like that album cover of the band, the logo is the same, but you know, they did, they took a couple big twists and turns and not everyone's going to be always sold on it, but then maybe this sounds a little asshole-ish, but I feel like a certain demographic of people who understand what they were going to do, understood it, got it, and like it. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I know Sean doesn't agree. That's why he's quiet. No, I agree. Was you loved top it? Five. No, it's not my top five. Wow. A Is it horror. in honorable mentions? What was that? Would it be in your honorable mentions? Yeah, it would be. I'm just saying there's just other films I, I just enjoyed more. So I wrote down, and you guys can do the same and give me your honorable mentions. I'm going to name a couple honorable mentions, but then I'm also going to give quick uh, one to four word fucking reviews on other movies that I saw. Yeah, go ahead. Not all of them, but some of them. Okay. So honorable mentions for me 
was the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie that came out exclusive to Netflix beginning of the movie, beginning of the year. I thought people hated on that, and that was almost going to beat Barbarian out. Um, honestly, I like I revisited that film too. Um, I had a lot of fun with that one. I thought the imagery was really cool. I don't know. People really just I, I don't know. There's no way to please them sometimes, especially when you're revisiting material. Well, it, and- it's like we talked about too before. Like many times, it's. You know, especially with with these with these uh, movies that have such a big following, and like you're just not going to replicate the original, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, and I'm with you. I just want to say that I have that as an honorable mention. I liked it. Like they tried to do a different idea. They made it like you know the storyline is very much you know relevant with like social yeah. media and like stuff. I thought the dude who played Leatherface did a cool job. There's some awesome scenes in the in the flick. The, some of the deaths were cool. I liked it. Like, is it my favorite Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Of course not. But, you know, again, it's 2022. I thought it was a good flick. Definitely in my honorable mentions. So. Yeah. yeah, I need to re- I need to rewatch that. I was kind of hopped up on uh, Oxy's at the time because it came out shortly after my car accident. Yeah, that was it was good. Pearl. Pearl, I loved Pearl. Mia Goth really just stepped up on that one. She was amazing in it. It wasn't in the top five, but a definitely honorable her, mention. I think anybody would, you have to acknowledge, acknowledge her acting. Like yeah, what she did, apparently amazing. like that, you know, that the end scene with her monologue, that's whatever, eight minutes long and no cuts. Like, it's just incredible. Like, I think she's going to be on the verge of like blowing up just like kind of a Jenna Ortega, I think. Yeah, for sure. I, I had Pearl in my honorable mentions as well. There yeah, pro great flick. Uh, two more. Um, I like both of these films. Um, serviceable, fun, not top five worthy at all, though. I don't think I did like them a lot, though. Nope, and the black phone. Black phone yeah. was really good. That was also on my list. It's fun. That's fun. I, um, I had nope and honorable mentions. You know, I, I, I can't lie. I mean, I, I, black phone just didn't do it for me. I don't know. I just. I can understand that. I like it, but I I can understand more from it. I don't know. I wanted. I just. I don't know. Maybe I have to rewatch that one. Uh, Yeah, it felt like one big long episode of Dexter, plus supernatural elements. (laughs) Yeah, kind of, kind of. I mean, some of the acting was good, of course, but last, uh, last ones, uh, Terrifier two and Scream five. Uh, I'm surprised Scream five was on your uh, honorable mentions. I mean, I did like I revisited that one too. Um I and I, I like it for what it is for sure. Um right. I did I do I think it's perfect? Not in the least. Do I think it's the weakest scream movie? Yeah, I do. Uh, I did uh also have Hustle, which was a basketball film. Uh Adam Sandler's in. Yeah, it's right to Netflix, right? Yeah, and that was fun. Um other movies, Avatar 2, good, not as good as the first one. Didn't see Smile, wanted to see Smile, have not seen Smile. Kevin um, Bacon's daughter. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Kevin Bacon, they, them, uh, Peacock exclusive, fucking dog shit. One of the worst movies I saw in the year. Not as bad as The Invitation. The Invitation had about 20 minutes of promise, and they fumbled it, and they couldn't get it to work. I thought it could have been way better, and it took them forever to figure out how to tell a vampire story and they fucking failed and they're stupid. Uh, Christmas story, <laughs> Christmas surprisingly fun. 
Yeah. Not that great. Probably didn't, like Eric Eric said to me, like probably didn't need to be made, but it was fun. I thought it was it was a good one. Um Violent Night, same thing. Fun. Uh The Whale, Brendan Fraser, fucking awesome. Uh the movie and the script itself, I think uh I think didn't exactly I, I was expecting a little bit more, but no discredit to what Brendan Fraser did for the film. Fucking awesome. Um and yeah, the menu, the menu, uh, really good, fun, uh, violent night, really good, fun, fucking had, um, Ligozamo in that and the menu, um, worst movie of the year. Let's see if you guys can give me this worst movie of the year by fucking far. Glass, you onion. Know? glass onion. You, know? you think glass uh-huh. onion is the worst of the year? Oh my God. I, I thought you were going to say uh, men. No, men, I mean, men is, men would had so much promise to the last 20 minutes. Yeah, but I felt that way about Glass Onion. I thought the first, like, half no, of Glass Onion was, like, I okay. was struggling after five minutes to not shut it off, and I kept going just because Bridget wanted to watch it and finish it. I fucking thought that was the biggest piece of fucking dog shit. I didn't like Knives Out all that much anyway. And, oh, see, but, I, re- I really liked Knives Out. I thought yeah, Knives I, Out I was loved good. Oh, my years. God. I was struggling. I, it, I will say, I think, yeah, I mean, Glass Honey for me, like, I thought the first half until, uh, you know, I, just, I thought the first half of it had some promise, and then it just died, and I thought the ending was stupid. I thought Knives Out was really good. I really liked it. But, yeah, I don't know. Oh, yeah, I just. Uh, but just to name any awesome. sort of other, like, movies that, I mean, obviously, Barbarian and Nope. Studio 66 and Scream. The only other one I think that I had on my honorable mentions that really wasn't talked about was uh, The Unbearable Weight of Massive, Massive Talent, the Nicolas Cage movie. That was fun. I love Nicolas Cage. It was a fun that, movie. But, that was a fun movie. Yeah. Nice. Um, oh, yeah. The only thing we didn't mention, um, I really enjoyed Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. That was on my honorable mentions. Yeah, that, that would be one, too. That was a good movie. That was fun. Oh, forever can't get the image of Jamie Lee Curtis with hot dog fingers on my head. Yes, it's a it's a really it's a sight that Jesse would love to see. I'm sure. Uh, I didn't see that one. Uh, I watched trailer. Um, I didn't really. It didn't pull pull out to me to like as something I would I think would be enjoyable. But uh, who knows? Maybe I will watch it one day. Um. Uh, yeah. I mean, that was, I think that's pretty much it. I can't think of anything else that I want to mention. What's your least favorite movie of this year? What's that? What was your least favorite movie of the year? Men. Men. (laughs) It was men. If anybody's listened to the podcast, they've heard me talk about it six, seven times already. So (laughs) it had a lot of, listen, it had a lot of promise. And I like that Jesse Buckley a lot. It had a lot of problems, and I liked it all the way up until the last like half hour. But that last half hour goes they in such really, a turn. Yeah, they fucking I, the train not only fucking derailed it, fucking it drove like through I, fucking the town of the film and fucking was throwing Molotov cocktails at the fucking rest of the film. Felt like just something that like BT and like somebody came up of like in the back of Sean's car high or something. <laughs> like, uh, well, to then, me. To me, though, that reads, and I've said it before, and I I get this with a lot of films. I get it with the the invitation too a little bit. Uh, invitation was not as egregious as the last half. The last half hour of the invitation was not as egregious as the other one. But like, 
they lead all the way up to this fucking vampire the reveal that this fucking there's vampires this girl was invited to this fucking castle told she's part of the bloodline uh leads all the way up to this and they just fumble the fucking ball on the reveal of them being vampires and like it just i mean if it was an episode or something it would could have been cool like it but they just they just don't know what they're doing because it's people that aren't horror fans making horror movies and they think because they like six horror movies ever that they're fucking they know how to construct a horror movie and i'm not saying you need to necessarily be a horror fan to construct a horror movie but if you've never had if you don't fucking know that much about vampires and you fucking construct a vampire movie in the last half hour like i don't know i feel like they watch from dusk till dawn they're like we'll do that we'll have it be this way and then all of a sudden they're vampires and then we're not going to show much of them i mean from dusk till dawn should never be considered anything near this film because from dusk till dawn's a fucking masterpiece but yeah yeah glass onion definitely the worst movie of the year uh invitation not far behind it um yeah uh men 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 was good up until that last half hour and then it was fucking atrocious <laughs> i never i never seen men but i, I probably will never i want it. you to i want you to watch it now i think we gotta, I gotta do a commentary on men at this point we should and sean don't watch it until then all right well, all right, boys, that wraps up our albums, our movies, gave some thoughts on where we think uh, the state of everything is heading, at least uh, at least for 2022. We kind of gave a good rundown, I thought. Yeah, for sure. That was a lot of fun. It was always a good time, like Jenny's podcast. Yes. So that'll do it for 2022 for the Sight and Sound podcast. Um we're going to be back um, hopefully soon, and hopefully we're going to do some other cool shit, other cool episodes. Um, and, yeah, this has been a it's been a fun year upon. Uh, we got another legacy week we got to come up with. Um, so anything that's celebrating a, an anniversary, we got to start cooking up. What is 30 years old? What is 40 years old? What is 50 years old? It's 2023, so not shut up. Um, yeah, 1983 movies, 1993 movies. Hell yeah, we'll come up with some. Oh, yeah, we will. But, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure podding this year, and on to the next. This will be the calendar year number. We're going into calendar year seven of potting. Hell yeah. Pod town. All right. That'll do it. Everyone have a safe and happy fucking new year. Go watch men and tell us what you think of it. (laughs) And uh, yeah, that'll do it.